You are tuned in to Awaken Radio with Connie Chapman. To listen to more episodes, go to ConnieChapman.com or subscribe on iTunes. Hello everyone, this is Connie and welcome to today's episode of Awaken Radio. It is so awesome to be back here with you. And I'm excited about today's conversation because I feel it's perhaps a little different to some of the chats I've had on Awaken Radio before. We're bringing in a bit of a conversation around business here today and being an entrepreneur and really how to build a thriving, successful business and life as well. But the thing that's beautiful is we're going to be bringing in a conversation around intuition as well. So this isn't just strategic and heady. There's going to be a lot of heart and soul in this conversation. So I trust that whether you're running your own business at the moment or have the desire to run one in the future, that you're going to get so much out of this conversation today. So I am chatting with Carolyn Frenette, who is a cutting edge and insightful business coach for women entrepreneurs who want to create a thriving business and an extraordinary life. She is a certified master intuitive coach and certified transformative coach, creator of Broke to Blissfully Booked, founder of the Intuitive Leadership Academy and the Adventure Mastermind and author of the upcoming book, Awaken Your Inner CEO and Create a Thriving Business. Welcome, Carolyn. It's so beautiful to have you here today. Thank you. It's nice to talk to you. So, so exciting to uh, dive into this conversation. So where I love to open up is particularly if, if my audience are not familiar with you and your work, you know, I love to hear the journeys that people have gone on to bring them to the place they are today and to doing the work that they are today. So I know your background has been in business and entrepreneurship and, and, and experiencing a lot of success in that area. And I'm wondering Uh, what was going on for you in business, how you got into that, and then how that has unfolded into the work that you're doing today with with women. Yes, so two main threads, I think, run through my life. I've always been fascinated by intuition and attracted to uh, intuitive work and tarot cards, oracle cards. I remember I got my my hands on my first deck when I was... Um, in my early 20s and got totally obsessed with learning everything about tarot and oracle cards and always fascinated about developing my intuition and the other thread that's been running through my life was the entrepreneurial spirit I've always had a very strong entrepreneurial spirit I think I only had one quote-unquote regular job. Otherwise, I would always create different business opportunities for myself. And that has brought me to exploring how to tap into intuition in business. And through learning and ignoring my intuition, using my intuition, real-life lessons, I've just learned to trust more and more this skill that we all have. I think we're all highly intuitive and that if we can just learn to trust and listen to the, that inner wisdom that we have, that we can make our lives and our business and our jobs even so much easier. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess from the entrepreneurial spirit, I also developed this at a very early age. Um, I saw this actually when I was 15 years old and I was invited to raise money for for the school, for the end-of-year journal and the end-of-year ball. And 
Actually, at around 15 years old, I remember also being a very uh, rebellious student. I was going to a private nun school. I hated it. (laughs) I was always getting into trouble. And when I was asked to participate to raise money for the school was the first time that I really channeled my entrepreneurial spirit, which I didn't even know I had, but I learned to channel it to, um, to raise money. I decided to... Uh, create a fashion show. I didn't even know how to do that, but I just used my my intuitive skills and my entrepreneurial spirit, and I put together this fashion show, raise money for the school. And it was the first, I would say, like a pivotal moment in my life where that side of me woke up again, the entrepreneurial spirit, and learned and learned to tap into my intuition, bring both of them together, and see the impact and see the results. And then throughout my life, just exploring this entrepreneurial spirit, I became a fashion designer, um, turned this into an interesting business that was quite hard, actually. Um, And then just kept following this, evolved the fashion design into a yoga wear collection. I manufactured and designed my own yoga wear in Montreal. And then I opened up two retail stores and then this evolved into um, creating a, a yoga studio where we would actually test our yoga designs. And through it all, just learning to develop my entrepreneurial spirit, learning to tap into my intuition and to just play and see how I can create in business with this, again, this inner wisdom that we all have. And it brought me to where I am today, where now I'm kind of bringing my experience as an entrepreneur, working with other women entrepreneurs, and again, always bringing the intuitive piece to make our lives easier. It sounds like this has been such a natural thing. I mean, I work with women who really struggle to follow their intuition and access it, but it sounds like for you, it's such a strong part of who you are and maybe without even realizing in those early days you were following your intuition. Did you actually realize that's what you were doing or is this how you just have always tended to approach things? I think that part of it is really organic. I think sometimes we tend to make intuition as this very woo-woo esoteric Mm. thing, like, you know, psychic or (laughs) like we need to tap into oracle cards or, or, but I think that intuition can be very organic I actually love to encourage people to to trust or to use their inner wisdom in their everyday lives in very simple ways so that they can learn to tune into that part of themselves. Bottom line for me, and this is something that I've learned to, I've come to discover recently. For the longest time, I, I think that I was looking for intuition in terms of something very esoteric and, you know, clairvoyance or... I guess I was tapping into my intuition in a way that in order to do that, I would need to sit down and meditate or do a guided visualizing process or use the cards. But what I've come to see recently is that intuition is very simple. It's very organic. This voice within us, this voice of wisdom is always there. But the only thing that separates us from this wisdom is excessive thinking, fearful thinking, the noisy, the noisy mind, when really this voice is always there. Again, it's very simple, very organic. And 
I'm kind of challenging myself and my clients lately to recognize the difference between the overly thinking mind that can create a lot of noise and fear and overwhelm versus that inner voice, that still voice within that's always there. And to kind of become aware as to why is it that we can sometimes tap into it very effortlessly and sometimes not. Mm-hmm. And to feel that space within us. I'm, I'm kind of tempted to ask you, Connie, how do you know or how do you decipher wisdom versus regular thinking for yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to ask you the same question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I, I love that, that we're talking about this because I think this is the biggest thing that people struggle with is as they start to say, okay, when I listen to myself, I can hear voices within me. Is that my thoughts in my mind or is that my, you know, wisdom speaking to me? When I talk to people about it, and again, I'd be curious to hear your feelings around it. For me, mm-hmm. I actually feel it more as an energy and a feeling in my body than words it can come through Mm -hmm. as words when I'm journaling I can actually bring it out kind of into words but for me it's it's just a feeling of knowing around something uh, something Mm -hmm. I I feel very energetically in my body Um, and perhaps when I'm in that space the thoughts that come through or the voice that comes through is coming from that space that's kind of how I would describe it is that different to you is that the same as you what's it like for you yeah no I love that because what you're bringing um what you're bringing is this awareness of a feeling within you but you also said it's an inner knowing Mm -hmm. almost as if it's undeniable you just you know it and you can recognize that for me in order to explain it to people who um who have no way of deciphering this. Yeah. I want to point to an inner knowing that is like a clean thought or a clean, because thought and intuition mm. is the same thing. In order for us to see the intuition, we're going to see it through thought. That's how we, we, that's how we process our experience as human being. Everything is through thoughts. But if we kind of backtrack a little bit and kind of go behind the energy behind the thought, I want to point people to a clean energy, a clean thought, a neutrality, um, a thought or an inner knowing that's devoid of fears or even emotions. Because once the intuition has been attached to emotion, we know that we're too much in our thinking about this. Whenever we attach an intuition that is initially very clear and neutral and calm and grounded, if we add emotions to it, it can become tricky because then we can think that intuition needs to feel good when really sometimes your intuition can invite you to do something that's not going to feel good. It's going to feel scary or it's going to invite you to get out of your comfort zone. But again, the intuition initially is going to be very clear and neutral. It's the inner knowing, but it's our thinking that will add the extra fear to it or getting out of her comfort zone which is a little uncomfortable so in order to start to decipher that 
I guess it takes a little bit of a practice, uh, learning to trust that voice, learning to decipher. The easiest thing for me, again, is to go back to the purity of it and the neutrality of it. Have you ever had an intuition that, like, I'll give you a clear example. One time I, I, my intuition told me very simply, I'm driving on the highway, I'm going a little bit fast, the music is blaring in the car, and I have an image that pops into my mind of a police car. Mm-hmm. Now that image is devoid of any feelings. It's just very clear, cop car, slow down, right? So then the logical mind can kind of take over and just relax the foot on, yeah. the, on the gas pedal and just slow down, right? Initially, that image, again, there's no fear to it. There's no judgment. There's no overthinking. It's just a clear image of a police car. Now, my job is to listen to that so that I can you know, follow through. That particular time, I didn't listen to it because I was... Again, music is blaring the car. I'm just going, going, going. So the thought popped, that clear image popped mm, up. Yeah. Popped up. I ignored it and I got stopped by the police and I got, you know, a big and expensive ticket. Mm. So this is how we learn by ignoring it. And this is how we learn also that the initial warning, quote unquote warning, was very clear and and devoid of any feeling or fears. Have you ever experienced something like this? Yeah, oh, 100%. And and it's so interesting because I find at times intuition is a very intangible type of experience, but I love the way you're describing it because that's actually 100% what it is. It is a very clear, neutral, certain, at times to me quite certain feeling about something. Um, Mm -hmm. But you're exactly right. It's neutral. And and I felt it every time I've known I've needed to make a decision in my life. It's just arisen within me as this almost like an instruction, just a very neutral instruction of here is the next step. And and you're exactly right. What then creates all the confusion or sometimes the um, the highs or the low around it is the emotion we then are creating around it based on the thinking we're creating around it. I suppose whether we're turning it into a really positive experience by getting really excited or whether we're sort of going into fear about it and then creating all this stress around it yeah I love that that difference between the just the the neutral message and then everything we're putting on top of it yeah I love that and it also speaks to how we can be more intuitive and I believe that everyone is very intuitive but the difference with um maybe someone who's highly intuitive and someone who thinks that they're not is because they're paying more attention to their thinking mind, the logical mind that sometimes will completely discredit an intuitive or an inner knowing. So um, some people haven't learned to really start to trust that the intuitive guidance that's coming is worth following. And then again, when we put, when we bring emotion to the plate, like, because I've heard so many times people say that inner guidance needs to feel good and needs mm. to feel good. This drives me nuts because it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's I get just you. not, it's just not true, first of all. And then it means that you're pointing your inner compass, your inner wisdom as a compass towards how things feel. Well, I'm, you know, so many times I need to set to sit down and do my taxes and it doesn't feel good, but they need to be done. Mm. 
And if I get out of my thinking that it it's <laughs> that it doesn't feel good and I don't <laughs> want to do my taxes, I'm just going to sit down in a clear state of mind and I'm just going to get it done. And I'm, I can be very productive when I'm in a very clear state of mind. Again, to me, it's pointing to an alignment with what I call you know, either the inner CEO or the intuitive leader within, or sometimes I call it the inner goddess, but that place within us that is clear and centered. And from that place of grounding and alignment, we can be unstoppable, we can be fearless, we can do things that we would never think that we can do. I love what you're saying about um, it feeling good too because I, I work with women a lot to help them tune into their bodies and their feelings to make decisions and and 100% a lot of the time there are decisions that need to be made that, that don't feel very good and people often come to me, They do. I think people do this quite a bit in relationships, they're like, yeah, but it feels good and it felt right and da-da-da but I, I love that distinction between it being, I think if you're ever going to take an action or act on something that you think is true or right, but there's a whole lot of emotion behind it, it's probably not, you're probably not truly connected to your intuition in that moment. I think it's exactly what you're saying. There's a clarity and a space around it too that is free of, of um, a charged emotion. Mm. Yes. And you pointed to that earlier when you said that for you, it has like a deeper feeling to me, Mm. um, to you. And I was going to say that to me, the deeper feeling points to something that I would um, associate with divine intelligence, inner knowing. It has, again, a clarity to it. It has a deeper feeling of... It could be love, but love in the sense of pure love, unconditional love, non-judgmental love. And that's not the same as the emotion of love, right? Yes, exactly. So that deeper feeling, I think, is a space that we, it's a space that we operate from and we can operate from in our daily life. And that space is always there, but what will disconnect us from that space is the overthinking mind. And the overthinking mind is the one that creates the excessive feelings and the emotions. So it's helpful to kind of clear of this space a little bit within us so that we know where to listen within us for guidance and to me again it's not the emotion it's the deeper feeling of truth like that deeper feeling for me would be I want to look for truth and truth sometimes is not about feeling good or not it's just it has a a cleanness to it yeah it's just it's just truth and I think it, 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 it can be hard to put words to but if someone's ever experienced that and I know exactly what you're describing. And, and so this kind of leads me on to, I'm curious about you in business because I, I run a business as well and, and people can relate to this not just from business but careers and life. When we have to make decisions and sometimes it feels uh, in business the stakes are higher because there's money and there's sometimes risk. But when, you know, and perhaps you can share some of your experiences around this of making decisions where you are trusting that inner knowing but 
wow, it feels risky or wow, there's uncertainty there or your logical mind is like, what on earth are you doing? Um, how do you, what's your practice for moving through that? If you've got to make one of those or you want to make one of those intuitive decisions, but there's a whole lot of sort of fear-based thinking coming up around it. Mm. Yeah, well, the first thing is that fear is not wisdom. It never is. That's just something I've come to learn from experience. I'm not asking people to believe me on this, but to maybe um, start to see for themselves the difference between fear and inner wisdom because it's completely different. So for me, a fearful state of mind, that's what it is. It's a fearful state of mind. And in fact, whenever I find myself in a fearful state of mind or doubtful or confused or overwhelmed, I've come to see that it's an untrustworthy state of mind. My job is to step out of the state of mind, back away, take a break, because I do not want to make a decision from a fearful state of mind. It's untrustworthy. And so first thing I want to do is I want to recognize the state of mind that I'm in. I Ultimately, I want to be in a clear state of mind, and I want to invite people and my clients to make decisions from a clear state of mind. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard this before, but one of my favorite quotes from Einstein is that you cannot find a solution from the same state of mind that created the problem. Mm. This is a great example that if you look for a solution in, in a challenging state of mind, in a fearful state of mind, you're looking in the state of mind that created the problem in the first place. And we don't want to do that. So recognizing this is key. So first, recognize the state of mind. If it's an untrustworthy state of mind, you're going to know from how it feels. That's the good thing with feelings, is that your feelings point to the quality of your thinking. So if you're feeling stressed or fears or overwhelmed, First thing that you need to know is that you're having fearful thoughts. You're having overwhelming thoughts and you feel it in your body. So the body is a great guidance system because it points to the quality of your thinking. And, and now, in that moment too, you're believing those thoughts and that's what's really creating the suffering there, hey? Yes, and that's the illusion. It's buying yeah. into the illusion. But that speaks to the power of thought. Thought is so powerful and thought is... thought. And thoughts look real because of consciousness. Consciousness is the power that makes it all look real. So for most human beings, I would say the large majority of human beings, they are walking around a movie created by their own thinking and they don't even know it. Like they are in the movie created by their own thinking. One of my teachers puts it brilliantly. It actually took me forever to get that analogy. But he says that the mind is not a camera. It's a projector. So we're going around our life and we're projecting our thinking thinking that it's real, thinking that it's our reality, thinking that this is life, but it's not. It's just our thoughts being projected and we live in it because we don't see that we're creating our reality from our thinking mm -hmm. and our thinking creates how we feel 
And now we're living in this consciousness. We're living in this reality, again, created by our thinking and our feeling. And we don't even see that it's an illusion created by thought. Now, if people start to see that their entire reality, like 100% of our reality is created from the power of thought, then you might once in a while start to realize, like you'll have an insight, you'll have a moment of stepping out of your thinking. You might even want to call it the observer. Almost as if you'll see that you're not your thoughts. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense to me. And I love where describing this. And I can imagine people are probably going to need to listen to this a couple of times to really grasp it. But I was, I was even going to ask you if that is the first point of creating change around this. And, and I feel like it is when we can stop being the thoughts and stop just automatically reacting to the thoughts, but begin to create some space there to observe them. I would say that this is accurate and in fact um, what we're talking about here is the three principles. A lot of people haven't heard of that but the three principles are thought, mind and consciousness. Mind as in divine intelligence as in as in source or universe. Some people would call it God or goddess but these three principles are who we are. We are thought, we are consciousness, and we are divine intelligence. And the consciousness piece is so helpful because it enables us to, in one moment, snap out of the drama, snap out of the fears, instantly get back into a place of grounding. It does feel like grounding when you're out of your excessive thinking. You're instantly back into well-being, which is always there. You're instantly reconnected to your wisdom, which is always there. And in that spaciousness, you're able to see the thinking for what it is. And again, a belief is just a thought that you've been thinking over and over again, unconsciously or consciously. And uh, I had that phase two summers ago when I was deeply immersed in studying the principles. And I I remember a moment in my kitchen when I heard myself say something that I probably have said all of my life. It was an, an old belief about life. I don't even remember what that belief was, and it's not important. But I heard myself say it in my head. I saw the thought And because I saw it for what it is, a thought-created belief that had become my reality, it appeared in my mind's eye as, okay, so this is not going to make any sense to anyone, but an (laughs) insight is very personal. And I'm not Mm. suggesting that this is a technique, but I'm just sharing my experience so that people can kind of get the visual of what happened. But the belief appeared in front of me as if it was a gray cylinder, And for some reason, my intuition showed me that image for me to recognize that this belief was about to disappear and disappear forever. So, And that happened in like a second. So I heard the thought. I 
disconnected from it. I disengaged from it. I was not my thought. I saw it. It floated in front of my mind's eye. It looked like a gray cylinder. And because I saw so powerfully that it was a made-up thought, a made-up belief that, that was ready to just disappear forever, this image disintegrated in front of my mind's eye and the gray cylinder just started to crumble away again that happened in like a second but it's how I saw on a deeper level that all our thinking all of it all our beliefs are all thought created and they look real because of the light of consciousness and once in a while, we can have that breakthrough insight where we're instantly free. And that's how we can shift old beliefs without doing anything. It's just, it's the seeing it. And that's how change can happen so deeply. It comes from an insight. In order to have change, you need the insight if you're trying to force change, if you're trying to manipulate your thinking, to change your thinking, you're manipulating thought. You're in the same thought-created consciousness. You're trying to make a new recipe with the same ingredients. Mm -hmm. When you have an insight, you're instantly out of it. You have like a fresh energy to it. You shifted your consciousness. Everything looks different, and the solution appears. Mm. Wow, that's a really magical process for you to experience. And it's, I mean, when you can reach that point where you can create that level of detachment from your thinking to be able to observe it and, and simply let it go because you can see that it's not something that's supporting you anymore. And you can see that it has been creating your reality, but you don't want to create that reality anymore. So you release mm. that thought pattern. I mean, that's an incredible process. Um, for people who are like right at the beginning stage, you know, because I teach awareness as well and and sometimes I teach people to explore these things like these fears or their limiting beliefs. Do you feel that there's power in that or do you feel it's it's actually more powerful to simply recognize something, say this is no longer serving me and then release it? Is Was there back in the day a bit, a bit more of a process to it for you? Yes, I did used to totally look at um, beliefs and play with them and try to figure out where they came from and did they come from my childhood. And mm -hmm. there's all kinds of processes that can work. They can work. Any process will work if the person has an insight. So if you're very skilled in taking someone through an exploration where they will have insight, then the process might work. I get it. Yeah. After almost three years now of looking at the three principles, which is a drastically different way of, of looking at how life is really created. So you talk about creating from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Well, your reality is 100% created from the inside out. So if you buy into the illusion that a thought or a belief is so real that you need to change it, then again, you're playing in the same level of energy. Mm. You're manipulating the belief and you're trying to transform it, but you're playing in the same energy. You cannot make a new recipe if you're using the same ingredients. You need an insight. You need to step away. You need like a fresh new perspective. Now, again, 
often in coaching and in intuitive coaching and actually the whole personal and spiritual growth industry is based on these explorations, right? Um, it's tricky because some people have had insights and they think that it's because of their process, mm -hmm. but it's not the process. It's the insight that shifted the consciousness that enabled the person to change. Mm -hmm. So now in my coaching and in my everyday life, I rarely use processes anymore. And I want to say that that moment in my kitchen that I was able to see the thought, this is possible for everyone. My invitation is very simple, is to start to see that how you feel is directly related to your thinking. So if you're feeling, if you're feeling something so strongly that it has become a belief, maybe it's time to just see that You've been paying a lot of attention to it and giving it a lot of energy, which is why it's still active. Then the other invitation I have is, would it be possible for you to not believe you're thinking anymore? How mm. radical is that? That's <laughs> radical. That's, you know, and people are so attached. And, and I don't mean people. I mean, I've totally this has been a huge part of my experience we're so attached to our thoughts we're like no no but this is true this is my story about me this is my identity don't ask me to let this go because this mm -hmm. defines me you know and I, I I think think sometimes we can have some resistance to even initially wanting to release a pattern of thinking that on some level we're kind of attached to um, mm -hmm. but there's so much power in recognizing I think if if that you can actually just let it go and that you are simply perpetuating the same reality through attaching to and believing and giving energy to that, that thought and that story and that belief and, and you're continuing to create it. And this is really uh, leading me onto a conversation around manifestation, actually. You just touched on the point around creating from the inside out and that our reality and our world is being created from within and projected outside of us. Mm -hmm. Then almost going into a conversation around manifestation here, you know, which can flow into wanting to create a life that we love and our desires and our dreams and our, our business, etc. From what you're sharing, it almost sounds like manifestation is actually quite effortless in that just who you're being and what you're thinking is just naturally forming your reality. Is there a process to that for you if there's something that you feel you want to create? Or again, has it become a very effortless process no it hasn't become effortless <laughs> all the time but this is very interesting because again you just put your finger like you just nailed it you said that manifestation can be effortless when we're in the flow and earlier you said you know if human beings could detach from their thinking and their stories you know I would just end that sentence to point towards the the possibility that lies on the other side is that if you break free of your ego, then that means that you're living from the inner goddess, the divine intelligence, the creative flow, the inner genius, call it whatever you want. That's the potentiality that 
lies for all of us. And yes, it's going to ask us to stop buying into our drama and stop, mm. stop believing in the lies that our little mind is telling us that we're believing. So the invitation is to drop into that space of the inner goddess. And then, yes, the inner goddess is an amazing manifesting force. She creates from a place of infinite possibilities, from a place of deep connection to the earth and, and abundance and the universe. And, and to me, these qualities of expansiveness and love and joy and a deeper again, a deeper connection to truth. And as I'm saying this, I'm closing my eyes and I can feel two different places to manifest from. My inner goddess for me is, mm, I kind of feel that intersection point within my body near the first and second chakra. Um like this creative space within me. I feel her coming through from that energy. Mm. It has a sense of expansion and dance-like qualities and joy and fun and ease and effortlessness. Or I can try to manifest from my head, from my thinking. And automatically that's more limited because my brain only knows what it knows. Yes. It knows from past experience. It knows from from limited thinking it knows from my beliefs well if I'm going to manifest from that place then I'm going to have to rack my brain as to how the heck do I do that how do I <laughs> how do I create that business and how do I create that money and again I don't want it to sound like however that we're dismissing the logical mind because the logical mind has its purpose Again, another of my favorite quotes from Einstein is he says that the logical mind should be at the service of intuition. Mm. So tapping into the inner goddess first, tapping into the unknown, the universal mind, which is the third principle, allowing this to flow through us and from a clear state of mind, clear thinking, taking lots of inspired action and using logic or the analytical mind to plan when we need to, to strategize when we need to. And to me, this is where my work comes, comes to play with um, entrepreneurs or, or women that want to create a business. You want to bring these two energies into balance. I see it as the Shiva Shakti, the Shakti, which is the divine feminine, and the Shiva, which is like taking powerful action. Mm. Does that make sense in terms of manifesting? I think that is such a beautiful description. That makes perfect sense to me. And I also love what you're describing from a business perspective because I've worked with business people and, and I've run my own business too where we get very in our head. So it's like, okay, cool. I've got this business I want to grow. Let me do some online courses. Let me read some blogs. Let me think about all the things I need to do to grow this business and make money. And and, and without realizing, and you had touched on earlier, the, the idea of being aware of the energy behind the thought. And I also like to teach people the energy behind their action too. And without realizing, I think we are 
taking something we're very excited and inspired about, like a business, and really con- constricting it through our thinking and, and almost a fear energy of, I've got to hustle, I've got to make this happen, and I've got to compete with these people to make money. And the space you're talking about, which is so beautiful, is the way I experience it is as though I almost don't come up with my own ideas or plans. They they come to me kind of from my intuition. They they arise in me. And then, mm-hmm. as you said, we tap into that, that infinite space within ourselves that we can feel. And from there, we are inspired to act. And where needed, we bring in the thinking to help us with planning that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's as though the idea or the plan moves through me and and is formed within me and then I'm sort of following it versus me coming up with it from my head. And I'm guessing this is how you kind of run business too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you said it so beautifully. I almost had this image of the formless coming into form. Yes, 100%. I mean, that not that what manifestation is, is bringing the formless into form kind of through our, our bodies? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And where people get lost is that they're going to get caught up into a, a state of mind that says, but I don't know how, yes. or I don't know what it's going to look like, or I don't have all the answers, I don't have the next step. And in that state of mind, you're out of the creative flow. Mm-hmm. And so it's an interesting exploration. I really see it as a, as a dance of tapping into the unknown, welcoming the unknown, creating the space within us for inspiration to strike. Uh, sometimes it means that we need to step away. I, I know that I need to step away from my computer. It's not how I get my ideas at all. It's, I get my ideas when I'm at the spa or <laughs> taking a, a walk with my, my dogs or playing and inspiration is going to strike any time, just yeah. like intuition is can strike any time. Um, so allowing that spaciousness within and then once we have that inspiration, our job is to take inspired action, to follow it, to follow the momentum and to not let the distracting thoughts get in the way. That's how the manifestation or the creation is stopped. Yes. And you touched on the word trust, which when I, whenever I think of intuition, that's the other word that has to come in alongside it always. And I feel like on my journey of running a business, this is where at times it's become the scariest or even sort of feeling like it's risky when I'm making these decisions uh, where I have to just put complete blind faith in, in what I'm feeling because in that moment I can't actually see at all what the next step is going to be. Have you found you've made, had to make those types of decisions as well? So interesting because I was just talking to my coach a couple of weeks ago about that concept that risk is also a thought created mm. thought a thought created reality that we come up against in our own thinking right oh wow and yeah and we react from that and we're like holy shit this is a risk it's but a risk. it's just yeah. a, it's a thought created 
risk. It's, you just made it up in your mind and you're coming up against that and you're feeling it. You're feeling that it's risky, but really you're feeling you're thinking about it and you made up what risk is because I can pretty much guarantee that what you think is risky is not what I think is risky. And that's yeah. the difference between people starting businesses and people that are not. I have a high tolerance to risk. I don't have a lot of thinking about risk or money. I have made over a million dollars in my in my business and I have lost thousands of dollars in my business as well and it's just not an issue to me it's not a problem I I just don't have a lot of thinking about it which leaves me free to take more risk which means that I may make more money sometimes (laughs) and sometimes I may lose money as well but I'm free to play in that space because I know that risk, just like fear, is a thought-created reality from my own thinking. And I can come up against that. And when we push against that thought-created reality, that thinking, when we see that the only thing that as human beings we come up against is our own thinking, then the game is on. Mm. The game, game on. Because now it's, it's, I'm coming up against my own thought-created limitations. I love that. The only thing we come up against is our own thinking. I mean, that is huge. If someone can get that and, you know, you, you just even caught me out so beautifully in my language there talking about risk and, you know, we can create this big story around something being risky and the, the what ifs and the possible consequences. And, but it's all a story, right, that we're almost using to some extent, to keep us safe because we don't have to act when we perceive there's too much risk, right? We can justify, oh, it's, it's too risky. Um, but you've almost um, eliminated that from your kind of vocabulary or way of thinking. So you now have so much freedom and space to take huge steps without that, that storyline. And I come up against my own thinking as well. And that's why I'm working with my own coach. And yes. that's why I keep looking at this understanding of the principles, with, which keeps, keeps busting my mind wide open. I mean, I just came back from a weekend in New York and intensive again in the principles and five intensive days of having mind-blowing insights where, and I just wrote a blog about this because I have a love-hate relationship with New York And I just had a lot of thinking about how noisy New York is and how tiring it is and the energy of New York. And then I had an insight that it was all created by my own thinking, which meant that for the rest of the weekend, I was free to enjoy New York. It's almost as if I fell into an observer space where I could hear my thinking about New York. Because here's the thing, we can't control our thinking and we can't stop it. And it doesn't have to stop us either. And earlier you asked me if, if manifesting is effortless for me. And I just want to say again, I will come up against my own thinking. And mm. that's actually one of the things that I want to invite everyone to see. When you start to see the principles at play in your everyday life, you want to acknowledge that thought is how we are playing in this thought-created reality. So let's not beat ourselves up for not always being in a perfect state of mind. It's not possible. And so you just came up against your own thinking, which had to do with risk. I have my own thing that I come up against, but because now I get to put it in the light of the principles, 
I get to keep busting it wide open and keep pushing the boundaries of what I see as possible and not possible. And again, I want to say that all human beings, we create from these three principles, the thought, the consciousness, and the divine intelligence. And we get to play with that and we get to have insights and we get to shift our experience and our consciousness. And it's such a game changer when we can look at it again from that perspective. Mm. And one final thing that was just coming to my mind, seeing, I feel like this conversation is, as you, as you said, kind of blowing open, you know, my mind and also a lot of the, um, you know, we're, we're, we're sort of busting through these, these limitations we've put on, on ourselves through our thinking that we don't even realize we've done because we think they're, they're just facts and reality. And so I actually just want to ask your perspectives around money. You know, a lot of people um, these days, we, we're talking about money as energy. It's an exchange of energy. And, and I do see it as just a, a form and a label of energy and abundance. But how do you work with the energy of money under these principles? How do you see it or how do you work with it in your own life? Ooh, that's a very broad question. Mm. Um, let me see if I can put it into something more specific. Or do you have a way that you, a way that you think about money? Or um, I'm just curious to kind of get your yeah, what your perspective is on it. <laughs> yeah, so I love money. <laughs> okay, cool. There, there's your starting point. <laughs> Not everyone could I say that, money. right? <laughs> I love making. Yeah, I love making money, want to make tons and tons of money. In fact, the latest the latest program that I just launched is called the Six Figure Club. It's a mastermind for women entrepreneurs that are ready to really make a shit ton of money and <laughs> learn the principles so that they can bust yeah. all of their limits. And the thing, okay, so here's where I feel that my life purpose comes in. I think this lifetime for me is about mastering the art of making money, which means also educating myself in terms of finance and investment. And realistically, what it looks like this year for me is that I just hired a new accountant and a new bookkeeping team because I just hated the last bookkeeper. Uh, she was really not helping me make money. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm just upping upping my game on all levels and looking what kind of structures do I need to have in place in my business in order to make millions of dollars. And back to my life purpose, I think that this lifetime for me is to really master this and invite other women entrepreneurs to play in this space of the inside out creation of money so they can be really wealthy if that is what they desire so that we can also empower more women to do the same. I have this vision. Um, this is like this really heart-centered vision of working with women entrepreneurs around the world that are going to be kick-ass entrepreneurs, that are going to be really making a shit ton of money. Again, with this creating from the inside out, infinite potentiality, infinite possibilities, no limits, full on, bringing their work and their gifts into the world, and then giving back and teaching other women to do the same, and men, and children, and the community. And my heart-centered vision that I have is that in this mastermind that I created, we are going to also invite women in 
Now, this project is not 100% done, so I'm just sharing you the big lines, but I have this feeling that we're going to be inviting women entrepreneurs in Africa and Asia to to different projects through this mastermind so that they too can awaken their inner CEO, their inner power, and they can make um, money in their business. Because I've seen firsthand that if you teach women how to wake up their inner CEO, how to look within themselves for the inner resources to create the wealth that they desire, that they will naturally teach their friends and their kids and their communities. And that's how I think we're going to change the world or part of the issue where we're going to impact the world. It's this empowerment of women around money, creating their own business, sharing their gifts. Mm. And even, you, you know, hearing you say, let's make a shit ton of money. Like, I love that as well, because... I think what's limiting so many of us even making large amounts of money is the judgments we either have on money or the thinking that it's difficult to make a shit ton of money or it's hard for me to pursue my soul passion, my heart-centered dream and make good money out of it. And and even if, if people from, from this conversation will start to blow those perceptions out of the water and say, but what if none of that is true? And, and mm-hmm. as you're saying, what if there is actual, actually infinite ability for us to manifest whatever we truly desire as part mm-hmm. of our own soul's path, what's, what's best for us and for others? You know, I, I'm just loving this idea of just breaking down every limit we've placed on, on anything through our thinking. Yes. And yeah, I love that. And as you were talking, (laughs) um, I was just envisioning, you know, everyone is going to make up their own stories about, about money and whether it's good or bad. It's, it's really, again, it's a thought created story. I really want to make it clear that for me and for the women that I'm attracted to working with, it's a self-empowerment so that we can give back. Yes. I want to make a shitload of money because I want to build my own foundation or organization where I'm going to be teaching that stuff, the awakening, the inner CEO. And my, my own personal business needs to be making millions of dollars for me to free myself to work um, as a volunteer or pro bono to bring that work out in third world countries. So this is my personal mm, mission. Beautiful. Yes, and I got my eye on a kick-ass Mercedes that's coming out this year <laughs> because I want to be <laughs> I just and or a Tesla would even be better because now you're talking about uh, a fully electric car, right, mm. which is even better for the environment. So just which, whatever makes you feel good, whatever whatever works and again, if you have limiting beliefs that's keeping you from creating the wealth, look at that. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. This, this has been such an incredible conversation. You know, when, when we first jumped on, I, I, I didn't know where we were going to go with this. I said to you, you know, let's just let it flow. And I did feel it was going to be more about business, but this has just been such an incredible conversation. And I love hearing your perspectives on stuff. It is, it is magic and it is so powerful and, and so limitless. And to me, that is just, 
one of the most inspiring. I love these types of conversations. So thank you for sharing this with me and and with my audience. Um, So you mentioned you've got this program launching. What else have you got going on at the moment? Where can people find out more about you and what you're up to? On my website, which is carolinefranet.com, so C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E-F-R-E-N-E-T-T-E.com. I I have yet to learn how to pronounce my name in English. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you say it so beautifully, though. I wish I could say it the same. (laughs) Caroline Franet or Carolyn Franet. So, yeah, um, lots of information on my website. And once you're there, you can connect with me through social media. And I have um, I have online programs. I have this high level mastermind, but I also have tons of videos because I just finished a thirty day video challenge that I did. So I share more of these this wisdom of the principles through these videos. And and thank you for having me because I felt drawn to you and to your website, and I knew that we would we would be having this deep conversation. So thank you so much for, for being willing to dive into this conversation with me. Mm, no, I love it. I love being able to just open up and see where it's going to go. And I feel like it's, it's incredible. So thank you. I can't wait to share it with everyone. And um, yeah, beautiful to connect with you. And thank you to everyone who's been tuned in to today's episode of Awaken Radio. Please leave us some feedback, leave a comment on my blog and let us know what you think, what your biggest takeaway was from this episode today. And I look forward to speaking to you next time on Awaken Radio. Bye.